0: So, this morning, we're going to be in the book of Exodus again. Is that a surprise to anybody? And we are going to um, be looking at a theme that was similar to the last time we were in Exodus. uh, Because that's what the text says. It's not what I picked out. It's not what I think it should be. It's what the text is about. So... Our text today will come from Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 through 22. Exodus 13, 17 through 22. Hear God's word. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea. And the people went up out of the land of Egypt, equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from the people. And so in the reading of God's holy word, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Um As we go to look at what might be in this word today for us, we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and that your spirit make make our hearts willing to change. Father, I ask that you would give me clarity of thought and clarity of speech this morning, that my words may represent your words. In Christ's name, amen. So the human heart, In this age of technological wonders and wizardry, one thing hasn't changed, and that is the human heart. We still grapple with anxiety when facing the unknown, much like the Israelites no doubt were facing as they begin their journey out of Egypt. This journey of the Israelites holds profound lessons not only for their time, but for our time as well. And it speaks to the core of the human experience and offers wisdom for navigating the complexities of this life we live. Consider the story of a lady named Emily, a woman who had set out on a thrilling journey to climb a towering mountain. Now, before she could make this climb, she had to prepare herself. Physically, for the demands of the thin mountain air and the tremendous physical requirements that climbing a mountain like this would require. She had to become familiar with the gear and the tools of mountain climbing. And she had to prepare herself mentally and emotionally for what this adventure might bring. So after a time of preparation, equipped with her gear... And accompanied by experienced guides, Emily starts the climb. And the trail leads through dense forest, across gushing rivers, across steep and jagged terrain. And as Emily climbs, she couldn't help but feel a certain sense of excitement and wonder and awe and hesitation. The path became steeper, more challenging, filled with sudden drops and intimidating obstacles. Doubt and fear crept into Emily's mind. She couldn't see what lay ahead. And anxiety arose because of the uncertainty of the unknown. And feeling overwhelmed and starting to think about turning back. Emily approached one of the guides seeking some kind of assurance. And the guide smiled and shared a profound insight about the journey of faith and trusting God's presence in the face of the unknown. The guide reminded Emily of the infinite knowledge and the wisdom of the one who created the mountain that she was climbing. Like Emily's journey, our lives are full of mountains to be climbed, challenges, obstacles, times of uncertainty. However, as Emily trusted her experienced guide, she would learn through this to trust the all-knowing, ever-present God who walked along beside her. Her guide drawing from the words of Jesus emphasized the promise of Matthew 2820. And that surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. You see, the guide explained that God's presence remains constant even when the path or destination seems unclear or even impossible. It's in these moments of uncertainty that faith becomes even more crucial. (coughs) So with this newfound perspective, Emily continues her journey with a renewed trust in God's presence, And as they encountered more treacherous passages and unforeseen challenges, Emily's guides used their knowledge and their expertise to navigate the terrain. And Emily marveled at their unwavering confidence. And she knew she could rely on their guidance. So as we look at Israel's story this morning, we need to think about the fallen condition of the human heart. The fear, the anxiety, and the uncertainty that grips us in the face of the unknown. The Israelite journey may have occurred centuries ago, but their experiences echo through the ages and resonate with us today. You see, we're going to find ourselves on a journey with the Israelites, a pilgrim's journey that mirrors the struggles of our Christian walk. And we're going to see how this fallen heart of ours resonates so well with the Israelites' constant cry to return to Egypt, a place of suffering and bondage. Now, I don't want you to go away from here today thinking, oh, well, Mike said I should never be anxious, I should never be worried, I should never be upset. Mike is not a Stoic, and that's not what I'm telling you. Those are natural human responses, emotions. But we have to remember our fallen condition affects those responses. So those responses are going to happen. We can't stop them. So please don't hear me say this morning that you need to stop those. We just need to be aware of them. So the Israelites set free from Pharaoh's bondage. They've collected the riches of Egypt as they left under God's watchful eye. They witnessed the strong hand of God who sent warning after warning to Pharaoh, plague after plague on Egypt. See, they observed firsthand how doubting the word of God could prove devastating And extremely consequential. They witnessed and experienced the decreation, if you will, of the nation of Egypt. And now they were a new creation. The creation of the nation that God had promised Abraham. And their numbers grew and multiplied under the harshest of conditions in captivity. Just as God had promised they would. There could be no doubt in these people's mind that the hand of God was on them. But all through the Exodus story, the wilderness story, we're going to see that doubt surface over and over and over. For the Israelites, the anxiety of the unknown is natural. Released from slavery. Now they were about to embark, especially this first generation, literally on the journey of a lifetime. The theologian Alec Motyer calls them pilgrim people. One of my favorite theologians in the whole world michael horton calls us christians pilgrim people verses 17 and 18 tell us that god chose a longer route through the wilderness a shorter more direct route was available but god chose the longer path see these people were ill prepared for the most direct route a significant change had just occurred in their life a big change it was a good change a long-awaited change but the Israelites were not yet physically militarily and above all not spiritually ready for what lay ahead they needed to learn first how to live with the change that God had brought you see (coughs) Israel wasn't just making a physical journey, but they're also making a spiritual journey, a transformation from an enslaved people into a people who would know and trust their Creator. In the words of Philip Graham Ryken, it was not the most obvious way to go. It was certainly not the shortest way to go. It was not the most direct way to go, but it was the best way to go. Because it was God's way to go. God knew what these people could handle. And he knew that they needed to take the long way home. And the same holds true for us. God's sovereign plan often involves a longer, more complex, and sometimes difficult route for a purpose. It requires trust and faith in his wisdom. A will to move forward even when the path seems uncertain and difficult. See, the decision to take the longer route through the wilderness was an act of divine wisdom, love, and care. God understood their fragile faith, the scars of their bondage, and their instinctual fear of the unknown. His primary concern is not just to lead them out of Egypt physically, Free them from the mentality of the bondage. The seed of the serpent. So you can imagine how apprehensive they might have been. Worried about challenges and uncertainties. And throughout their story, hearts would long for the predictability of Egypt. Despite the pain and bondage they had suffered there. This is a recurring theme, again, throughout the book of Egypt or Exodus, a yearning to return to Egypt when things got hard. It's what people do, a place of familiarity, even if it means returning. To a life that's not good, they're longing for the good old days of Egypt where life was predictable was a persistent cry that we see all the way through the book of Exodus. I think we can relate to that. This ancient story modern humans had the same thoughts. The fear of stepping into the unknown even when it means liberation from our own personal Egypt. Now Egypt wasn't all bad. In the early days, there was a time when the Israelites did live well. A period of predictability and stability that came during the lifetime of Joseph. His remarkable rise to power in Egypt and his wisdom in managing the nation's resources allowed for the provision and the welfare of the Israelites and others during a very severe famine. So this, this season in Israel's history was a season of plenty with a degree of comfort, reliability, especially when contrasted to their later years in slavery when a new pharaoh came who did not know Joseph. Still, in Egypt they had food, shelter, shelter, some level of predictability, even though it came at the cost of their freedom. And as they venture into the wilderness with God, with the harsh desert conditions, their nostalgia, their desire for the predictable nature of Egypt shows up over and over and over, clinging to the known, even if it's not good, was a cry of the Israels. They weren't quite ready to embrace all the change that had happened. The unknown associated with that. Even when God's leading. God was leading these people to something tremendous. He was leading them forward in his plan of Redemption. And their cries, the Israelites, remind us of the tension between the comfort of the familiar and the faith that is required sometimes to move forward. And I'm not saying that we should view our past as a bad thing. Absolutely not. Israel's early years in Egypt were good. God sent them there. In the past is where we were made into the very people that we are sitting here this morning. The past has its own history, some good, some bad. Nonetheless, it is history to be learned from, looked back on, and appreciated. But it is not history to live in. God's plan of redemption is always moving forward, not backwards. It's why Michael Horton calls us pilgrims. We're on a journey. Yes, anxiety and reluctance to trust God's plan is something that has been a part of the human history, part of the human heart, since the beginning of time. But Israel's cry throughout the book of Exodus was a barrier to their progress such a barrier that the first generation didn't make it to the promised land. And that same reluctance, unfortunately, can appear in our hearts. And it can hinder us from moving forward in Christ's plan as we resist His work. The desire for the familiar is so powerful. Even when it's painful. You know, the reformers during the Protestant Reformation, men like Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Huss, and countless others, they faced tremendous opposition and uncertainty. Some were martyred. Some were imprisoned for their beliefs. They could have retreated. They could have gone back to Rome. Instead, they pressed on, trusting in God's sovereignty. Their commitment to God's truth And the transformation of the church was a testament to people overcoming anxiety and embracing the journey ahead. Because of their boldness and faith, they were able to recognize that God was working. God was leading them towards something so extraordinary. And hence, the Protestant Reformation. Just as the Israelites were tempted to return to Egypt in moments of trial, You know, we face the same thing. Yearning for the good old days, the glory days, if you will. We all have glory days. In the history of the people of Israel, they seem bent always on going back to something. Going back to Egypt. Going, longing back to the days of David and Solomon. After the exile. Living in disappointment as they return from the exile, always looking back instead of looking forward to what God was going to do. Our faith journey is not about going backwards. It's about moving forward and trusting in Christ. Believing that God's plan for us is far better than clinging to what we once knew. But we want to cling to that. I want to cling to it. You want to cling to it. It's safe. It's familiar. Even if it's not safe. Even if it's not good, it's familiar. Verse 19 tells us And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will visit you, and you shall carry up my bones. With you from here. Despite the trials he faced in Egypt, Joseph clung to the promise that God had given him. He knew that God would visit the Israelites and lead them to the promised land, even if he wouldn't live to see it. In an act of profound faith, Joseph made the sons of Israel swear to carry his bones with them when they left Egypt. And this act of carrying these bones that they had preserved for 400 years and now they're carrying them out. And Hebrews 11 tells us it's a symbol honoring God's promises. Hebrews 11 says, By faith, Joseph at the end of his life made mention of the Exodus and the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. Way back in Genesis, God told Joseph his family would be enslaved in Egypt. But he knew God would rescue them because of the promise to Abraham. Joseph's request is not only a testimony of his faith, but it's also a reminder, a marker for Israel that God remains faithful to his promises. I don't want us to move past this little simple verse too fast. As I said, it's a marker. We discussed markers last time we were in Exodus. Remember as he prepared to bring the people out, he reminded them about the Passover and the additional requirements for that annual feast. Or the consecration of the firstborn, including livestock. Every time there was a firstborn male in a family, human, livestock. It had to be consecrated. It had to be redeemed to the Lord. Every time. And it served as a reminder of what God had done. That he had brought them out of bondage. He had been faithful to his promise. Hear the words from Exodus 13. And when in time to come your son asks you what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb. But all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. We talked about the markers in your lives, the wedding ring on your finger, um, your career, your children. This church founded almost 30 years ago, and it's still here. And there are still people here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday worshiping God. And we like to think we had something to do with that. But it's a marker of God at work. It's a marker of God's plan of redemption in our lives. The reformers held firmly to the promises of God's word. Their commitment to God's promises, even in the face of such opposition, reflected the importance of trusting God's word in our journey. They were returning the Old Testament and the apostolic teaching of the New Testament to the people, to its proper place in God's kingdom. Its teaching was being corrected. The church was being changed and reformed. The Reformation is a marker in history of God's faithfulness of God's unwavering hand in His plan of redemption. And yet, each one of us at times are tempted to waver in trusting God, especially when challenges come. And just as Joseph held fast to God's promises, we're called to the same thing. It might be the Old Testament, but we're called to the same thing. Even as that anxiety comes and it threatens to undermine our trust. And sometimes it does. It just does. It's powerful. The flesh is so powerful at times. So we live with it. We learn from it. We understand that we are going to react in certain ways. But in time, we have to move past that emotional response. Back to trust. Back to faith. To honor God. To trust Him. We must serve as markers as we live out the words, Sefor Always reforming, the cry of the reformation, always learning, always growing, always trusting, always reforming. Exodus thirteen twenty one and 22 says, And the Lord went before, before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and at night by a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. So here's his people, just escaped slavery in Egypt. They needed guidance, a lot of it, and reassurance. After spending years in bondage, relying on Egypt for everything, the pillar of cloud and the fire symbolize their new dependence, a dependence on God, the true source of their guidance and protection. But even with this tangible, visible, and constant reminder of God's presence. That fallen heart condition of anxiety and longing for the past. You're probably getting tired of me saying that by now. I hope you are, because that means you're getting it. It's sinking in, that longing for what used to be. Riken says, not only does he know which way is best, But he also goes along that way to make sure his people get there. Another theologian I'm fond of, Desmond Alexander, says, The concept of God's accompanying the people as they travel is fundamental to the entire book of Exodus as it moves towards the climax of God coming to dwell among the people. And while the people couldn't see God directly, his presence is clearly visible. Day and night, God's desire to be with His people as their guide and protector is fulfilled through that pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. We've already seen and understand that Israel's going to reach the promised land in a different way. See, God ordered them to take the desert trek. The winding route was certainly a way to avoid conflict since if they'd taken the direct route, they would pass through the country directly inhabited by the Philistines. But they have a greater enemy to face, a greater enemy than the Philistines, a greater enemy than Egypt. Their great enemy is themselves. And the desert would be their route, designed to teach them to learn to trust God. By the pilgrim journey along the hard way, God was building their faith. And He would dwell with His people. Here by a pillar of cloud and fire. Later in a tabernacle. And later in a temple. And now in you and I. And in Christ. His presence mean meant that the people would have everything they ever needed. God was present with them. He would protect them, provide for their physical needs of food and water. He would teach them the importance of sacrifice and the high cost of sin. God would go before them in battle and fulfill His promise to Abraham through the people of Israel. All God promised would be fulfilled through His presence. Despite their sin, despite their weakness, despite their grumbling and complaining... A generation of Israelites would one day come to see the promises fulfilled and enter a land flowing with milk and honey. Above all, His presence is a constant reminder. It's a marker of His deliverance for His people. The pillar of cloud and fire has profound theological implications. Related to divine guidance, God's faithfulness, the narrative of salvation history, overcoming anxiety and doubt, the Holy Spirit's role in the New Testament. It emphasizes God's enduring presence in their lives and in your lives, in my life. It does not leave, it does not fail even when we feel like the world is coming apart in front of our very eyes. Again, during the Reformation, one of the central tenets that emerged from the Reformation was the recovery of the doctrine of justification by faith alone. Luther illustrated the profound implications of this doctrine with his own life and actions. His journey, in some ways, parallels, paralleled the Israelites' Experience with the pillar of cloud and fire he had been living in a religious system marked by anxiety and doubt where salvation was sought through human effort and religious rituals luther had experienced a profound spiritual crisis and much like the israelites cry for predictability and return to egypt luther went seeking there's got to be something else this life that I'm living, I've got to go forward. There's got to be something else. And as Luther dove into the Scriptures and discovered for himself the biblical truth of justification by faith alone, it's as if Luther had found his own pillar of cloud and pillar of fire. The theological revelation became the guiding presence that led him through the challenges and the uncertainties of his time in his declaration at the Diet of Worms, Luther stood before the church. He proclaimed his unwavering faith in this truth that he discovered. Unless I'm convinced by Scripture and plain reason my conscience is captive to the Word of God, I cannot and will not recant anything for going against my conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. Luther's journey... And his commitment to the doctrine of justification by faith alone illustrates for us the enduring presence of God in the lives of his people, guiding them through challenges and uncertainties. His experience can serve as a compelling illustration of how the discovery of biblical truth and God's word and trusting in it, a guiding presence through anxiety and doubt. It's God's transforming power that's going to change whatever it is we're struggling with. We may do some things to try to control the outcome, but it's ultimately God's hand that will direct and control the events of our lives. Remember our friend Emily? At one point during their climb, she stood on a narrow ledge overlooking a rugged ravine. <laughs> Emily's guide pointed out the breathtaking view and explained that moments like these where the, where the unknown becomes an opportunity for awe-inspiring encounters reveal God's presence in ways unimaginable. Emily reflected on her guide's words, and she kept pushing forward one step after another, her faith growing more robust with each step of the climb. Fear began to lose its grip, and the journey remained challenging, but she realized that trusting in God's presence offered her comfort, guidance, and the strength to persevere. And finally, after the arduous journey, Emily reaches the mountain summit. The view was nothing short of extraordinary. The magnitude of the landscape and the realization of what she had achieved overwhelmed her. And she marveled at the beauty that unfolded before her eyes. If you've ever been in the mountains, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And at that moment, she understood the profound truth that her guide had shared. The unknown, once feared and full of uncertainty, had become a testament to the faithfulness and provision of God through trusting in His presence throughout her journey. Emily experienced a profound sense of peace and joy that she wouldn't have found if she had let fear remain in control. So as we draw this to a close... I want to leave you with a reminder of the enduring presence of Christ in the lives of believers. The journey of the Israelites through the wilderness, guided by the pillar of cloud and fire, foreshadows the journey that every one of us pilgrims are on. And when we face uncertainty, eventually we come to ourselves and ultimately we can find guidance comfort and unwavering faithfulness in that same divine source that led the israelites the ever-present christ the one who has promised to never leave us or forsake us in christ we find the ultimate fulfillment of god's redemptive plan he embodies divine guidance the epitome of god's faithfulness And the source of our hope in the face of anxiety and doubt. Christ's life, death, and resurrection have paved the way for your journey to the eternal promised land. Therefore, let us stand firm in our faith, just as Luther did during the Reformation hold fast to the unchanging truths of the gospel. We have a sure foundation, a guiding presence, and an everlasting hope. And our journey will not always follow the most obvious or direct route, but it is God's way, and it is the best way. So may we carry the message of God's faithfulness and the hope of Christ's redemptive work To a world so in need of love and salvation. With Christ as our guide. And our source of strength. We can confidently navigate the uncertainties of this life. Knowing that he is leading us to a better and eternal future. In his name we will find our way. In his presence we will find Our hope.